Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. Hi, this is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Christian Roth of BD Diesel. I'm Braden Fleece, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. Today, I'm going to be chatting with Jordan. He's the owner of Dirty Diesel Customs in Canada. We're going to be chatting about his shop, how he's grown his shop from you know working on trucks, um, relocating, getting into e-commerce, some builds he's working on, and some uh, some really cool things that, that they have planned for this year. And and uh, also chat with him about 2022 power strokes. We've seen that uh, really cool. Um, information that edge posted last week with comparing the uh, new trucks dynamic power stroke cummins duramax and how much more power the power stroke made so we're going to ask them about that they've got a really cool test of their own planned and uh, it's going to be an interesting conversation before we get to it though i want to encourage you guys make sure and head on over to our discord you're going to see a link down below for that it's completely free to join it's a great place if you're a diesel podcast fan you want to be able to chat with us other listeners um, be able to talk about builds maybe problems you're running into trying to get a truck up and running or just want to show off you know your your, your truck there's some really cool ones that you guys have posted on there and it's i love seeing the comments they go all day long they go into the night it's really cool to be able to just open my phone see what you guys are chatting about maybe ask you guys a question maybe there's a guest that you want on a company that you want to hear from so it's completely free to join it's an awesome place you'll find the link down below um, open up the app i want to see you guys over there also if you're looking for a way to support the podcast we also have a uh, patreon link down below so it's a cool way to be able to get more out of the podcast than just listening on your phone or, or watching on YouTube. Um, there's information that we have, ways you can be involved in the podcast if you want to be an executive producer, um, tons of different things. So you'll find that link down below. Helps us grow and uh, helps us continue to be able to bring you guys one-of-a-kind content and be able to deliver it in, uh, in a way, whether you're a shop owner, whether you're a truck enthusiast, whether you want to hear about racing, restorations, any of that stuff. So we love to talk about everything in diesel, not just a particular part of it and uh, things like Patreon, Discord, your guys' feedback and support helps us do that. All right, let's get to today's episode with Jordan and talking about diesel trucks, racing, what's going on in 2022, how he grew his company, and uh, some really cool things. Jordan, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. I'm excited to be able to connect with you today and chat about Cummins Duramax Power Stroke Trucks and learn more about what you guys are doing there at the shop. So welcome to the podcast. Awesome. Thanks for having me on here. Excited yeah it's uh it's always great chatting with uh diesel shop owners guys that own companies because you guys you guys see everything from what you know truck owners are asking for what they want to do to their trucks and then also what uh, manufacturers are, are offering and i wanted to learn more about dirty diesel customs and, and where you guys are located and you know what you guys are working on or what people are asking you guys for yeah for sure we are uh we're up in canada we're in west Kelowna, bc so we're kind of uh, we're close to the coast and close to the border at the same time. So, um, yeah, we're built up here. We've got uh, 10,000 square feet. We've got a decent sized shop with uh, five bays and a full dyno um, engine building room. We've got a full manufacturing bay now for, for making kits in-house here. We're making all sorts of new parts uh, and we've got a warehouse for shipping out all our e-commerce stuff. That uh, that side of our business has grown really big and that's uh, where we focus a lot of energy now. 
And, uh, and yeah, we're in a beautiful, beautiful Valley here. That's a little, little piece of paradise in Canada. It's not, uh, <laughs> it's not big losing cold all the time. We've got it pretty good. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard that area is really beautiful. There's a lot of diesel trucks there. I know there's a lot of diesel fans that, uh, that are in Canada and, and I can see, you know, sometimes I'll look at where our listeners coming from and I see a lot of them um, from Canada and it's so cool to be able to know what you guys can do up there with trucks that uh, maybe down here we can't do. And it's kind of cool to see these platforms keep going in you know, in a direction and, and just see the potential that they have. Yeah. We're, uh, we're kind of in a gray area in Canada. So we get away with a few things that you guys might not in the States. Um, so yeah, the industry has been, you know, it's, it's keeping going up here. It's the same mentality as it was down there, like, you know, five years ago. So there is a big, there is a big following. The West coast is pretty big. Um, there's lots of guys on the East coast too. That's the, where the majority of the population is, but, uh, West coast is still pretty, you know, blue collar and, and there's lots of diesel trucks around. I mean, I was nervous. We moved the shop here from, from Alberta, from another province. And, and I was a little nervous cause you don't, you don't see as many of them on the road. Like it's not work, work town like it is out there, but uh, there's a ton of trucks around. They come out of the woodwork and uh, tons of nice builds and, and fun stuff around here. Now, when you were looking at building products in house, what, how did that come about? Was it people you know, asking you for certain things that you didn't see in the marketplace or was it maybe the supply of, of things you just couldn't get and you yeah. needed them? But what went into that decision? Mostly supply. So we've, uh, you know, we brought on, we actually had a guy apply for uh to work in our warehouse. And he's like, I'm an engineer. I want to build a manufacturing side to your business. And we were like, I don't know. That's, that seems like a lot, but it's like, Hey, you know what? We should, we should do it. We're growing. Like, let's get, let's, let's get to that stage. So I kind of said, you know, I, I would take it there, but it's going to be your baby. I don't want to have to deal with it. I got enough on my plate uh, with the online store and with, with managing a web team. So it, it's your baby, but you can run with it. And, uh, so yeah, we started building kits that were getting hard to get. I mean, we used to be able to get a lot of stuff from the U.S. that we can't get anymore. And people want quality made stuff. They don't necessarily want overseas stuff. So we got into uh, manufacturing and designing uh, our own kits in-house. I mean, there's only so many ways to skin a cat. So a lot of it's similar to, to what else is out there, but we've tried to refine it. And I've really focused on keeping it made in Canada or, or the U.S., like just, just keeping it somewhat local. And uh, I, I've got a big mental block about bringing stuff in from overseas. So I've always tried to, uh, to keep stuff made locally and kind of give back to the, not, not so much give back, but keep the, keep the industry going in Canada and in the United States versus, uh, versus overseas. So at, at first we started building all these kits, like CAD drawing them, sending them out, getting other companies to, to mill plates and, you know, do all that machining stuff. And then we made the decision to, Bring on a CNC in house, so we brought, uh, or sorry, we bought a, a Haas BS BF five, uh, brought it up from the US and got that got that going. So it's a fairly big mill, uh, four axis mill. So we're we're really focusing on making everything we can. We do mostly aluminum stuff in house. We cut a bit of stainless. We, we can cut everything, but we focus on the on the aluminum stuff for now. Um, yeah, we've got lots of stuff in the works. We, I mean, I really want to push to you know, cut some wheels out of that thing. There's, there's the, the sky's the limit. It's big enough to cut anything we want to cut. So it's pretty cool. It's fun to have it in house. I, I love coming in in the morning and that thing's already running. And, you know, when we lock it up at night, that thing's still making parts. It's, it's a real cool feeling to, to branch off into that manufacturing side. Yeah, for sure. And it's, and it's something, you know, where, 
when uh, you know these guys are looking at spending a lot of money on either their older truck or they just bought a you know brand new one or a newer one, is we want to make sure we put quality stuff on it and and especially when it comes to you know hard parts on a, on a truck we all gravitate towards, you know, we want something from North America and yeah. it's just, there's just that, that quality and also being able to support the people that ultimately support us, whether you have a shop, a manufacturing facility, a website, um, anything like that. We want to keep the profits and the jobs here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there was, I feel like 10 years ago, it was quite different. There was a lot of, a lot of overseas stuff coming in and a lot of it failed it's leaking. I mean, you don't want to have parts on your truck and then in, in three months you're dealing with coolant leaks or exhaust leaks. Right. So yeah, it, it's been a good, I, I've always pushed it. We've always promoted it. I mean, we, you know, back when we were purchasing, we always looked to purchase parts that were made in the U S or made in Canada. And uh, I think the rest of the industry kind of followed and, and they want, they'll pay, you know, it, it is more money. It's, a, it's 10 times the cost to manufacture it here versus uh, versus overseas. But it's, it's worth it. And guys are looking for it. So there was a, a guy who owns a shop that it, it just kind of sparked my memory to ask this question. And I wanted to ask you, cause you had mentioned being in Alberta, moving to BC and he has a smaller type shop. He builds transmissions. And he said, Hey, when you have a guest on that has done this, can you ask him what are some things that they did to be able to build their brand locally or to get the word out? I think he wants to expand. He wants to get bigger. He wants to take on more work. What were some things you learned either when you first started in Alberta or moving to a new area and letting everyone know around you, Hey, this is what we do. We can work on your trucks. We make these parts or some things that helped you guys grow. Yeah, it was a, it's a nerve wracking thing to take on for sure. We were, we were in Alberta. We were in, Red Deer, Central Alberta. So we were kind of in the heart of where, you know, there's a lot of diesel shops out there. It was, uh, there's a lot of good diesel shops out there. So we were in the middle of, you know, some good competition and I'd always wanted to move back to BC. This is where I grew up. And I, you know, I, I learned a few things from being in business for, you know, I think I was out there four years. I had the shop out there before we moved here. And, uh, you know, it was like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be, on the highway, we're going to get, we're going to get some frontage where people are going to see us. Uh, it, it was a big pill to swallow. It's obviously, you know, double the money to rent a, rent a shop that's right on the highway, but we got some good exposure. Uh, we really pushed into like um, Facebook groups to kind of let people know, okay, we're, we're moving here. This is, this is where we're at now, but it did take some time. It was, uh, it was, I, I was able to sell my building that I owned out there. So I had, a, you know, enough, enough money to kind of float me through for, for a little while of not bringing anything in, but yeah, it was just me and my mom for a while hanging out at the shop. We rented the, you know, we had a 3000 square foot shop and she was helping me uh, up front answer the phones and uh, we had a new phone number. So it was pretty quiet for a while. And, uh, but you know, I, I had learned a lot in what I'd done out there and I came from a, an engine building background. So that's where I've always, that's where I've always focused. My energy was, was powertrain stuff and mostly engine stuff. So um, it took a while to get noticed, but I mean, I, I think that, you know, just from word of mouth, it, it travels around once you get some work through the door. But yeah, I, I went knocking on doors, like other shops trying to be like, Hey guys, like I, you know, if you guys aren't comfortable pulling cabs, I can do that kind of stuff. If you want to send some work my way. And then they, everyone was just giving me the cold shoulder, like, 
nope, I don't know who you are. You're the new guy in town. Like, get out of here. And, and it took a while. And it's funny because now they come to me looking for parts and stuff. So <laughs> it's, uh, it, it took a while to grow. But that's and uh, I really invested into the online store. I was lucky enough. I had an ad in the in the local classifieds, just an online anyways. And uh, only had one guy reach out and he was like, hey, man, I I love cars. I love the automotive industry. Just finished my marketing degree. I'd love to uh, to help you out. I was like, okay, that's sounds good. Let's let's do it. And I, I knew it was the step that we needed to take to get the the website growing because it was it was a lot of work. It was a lot that uh, and for a long time there was no income coming in. It was just uh, me shelling money out, trying to get product on there, trying to get you know trying to get it built up with with Google Analytics and get it going. So it, it took about a year. Um, that that did help huge. I mean, it paid off in the end. It was great. We've got yeah, we've got web team of guys now that work on that. But that really pushed as well. So if, even if local people can see you online, you know, between that and I was also going out um, trying to support local like car shows and stuff. Having a booth at that, I think that's huge for local um, local payoff. We go to the racetrack and, and race. That was another thing that people were just like ecstatic because no one had a diesel drag truck in town and then we went up to the racetrack and my truck's not that fast by any means but it's loud and smoky and then people were like wow that thing is so cool they didn't expect it to you know we were just going for street legal night but they didn't expect it to be as fast as it was so uh, that was pretty fun that that got a huge uh, a huge amount of exposure just from other local shops even just being like oh, okay now this guy's uh, this guy's around and he wants to uh, be part of the community and you kind of all of a sudden they just kind of let you in and and then you all start working together. It's good. So there's definitely a, a multi-pronged approach to, to being able to do that, you know, be able to locally grow, but then also there's, there's so much potential out there. Like you mentioned with the website and being able to sell to somebody across the province and thousands of miles away, you can, that can still be your customer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it makes the reach humongous. Like he goes from just a local, local brand to a, a national brand. And that's uh it's a cool feeling. It's it's cool to be out there all over all over Canada for sure, and the United States too. We're getting uh, we're getting some exposure down down that way, and lots of times people will call be like, "Oh, I saw somebody shouted you out on YouTube or whatever. I heard your name from a buddy of mine," and that's cool to uh, to grow that way. And it's hard to you know market that way because the radio ads will come in and, and people, local guys are like, Hey, you need to market on the radio. This is how you're going to get local reach. And I'm like, now we're at the point where like, I don't want any local reach anymore. I want to get out to, to the whole nation. I want to, you know, I want to like spread that into a nationwide advertising campaign. So it, uh, it definitely changes going from a local shop to a, to an online store as far as like who you're trying to reach for your target audience. That's the part that's always really interested me a lot when I hear from shop owners and they either ask like the question I did before about how to grow locally, but it, it's when you take that to a national stage that I, I get fascinated with the different techniques and the different ways that other companies have done it, how they, how they grew like that. And I, that's always something that's excited me about e-commerce and about platforms that are national is, as uh, you know, your, your customer base can be all over an entire nation. And why don't you want to grab that? Why don't you want to reach those people? They can still place orders. You can still ship them just like a local person walking in and buying a part from you and you hand it over the counter to them. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's uh, it's something that I was, I didn't come from that background. I mean, I'm, I'm a mechanic. I just build engines and all of a sudden we're getting into e-commerce and, and trying to market to the whole country. And we, we lucked out. I had a very, I lucked out with my web guy. There's no way to put it. He was very smart. And, uh, and he knew what Google was looking for. And, you know, we don't, we don't pay a lot in, in marketing and we've got an organic website that, you know, pushes sales organically, which is cool. Um, so we don't need a lot of that, but it's also, it takes a long time to get there and uh, to grow organically is, you know, it's a little bit painful. Anybody can, you know, shell out thousands of dollars into Google AdWords and yeah, you'll get business from it, but you know, is it worth the the thousands of dollars you're shelling out in ads? So it's, uh, it's definitely a different game. It's something that's, you know, every, I feel like every shop wants to get into e-commerce. It, it it kind of like sounds easy if you're looking at it from the outside in, be like, oh yeah, you just sell parts online. It's there's nothing to it. And you just ship them out. But you know, it's constant, constantly uh, you know, updating pricing, making sure you're not violating any vendors' uh, map policies and and getting all the new content on all the time. Like we've got enough, I think we have like 14,000 part numbers on our website. So every time some vendor does a, a price update or, you know, comes out with new parts, it's, it's just a full-time job keeping up with just that. So. And it's also a whole different set of competitors that you have too, because there's those big yes. companies that that's all they do. And, yeah. you know, they've been doing it a long time. So it's, it, it's a kind of a different, uh, a different thing to try to, you know, challenge yourself and your team with is you know, how to be competitive, how to stay on top of the information, especially um, from what I've heard over the last six months is there's lots of price changes. There's lots of part number updates and just being able to stay on top of that. Yeah. The whole, I don't, yeah, I don't know what the excuse is, whether it's COVID or not. It seems, it seems to be the excuse for everything, but yeah, prices have just been skyrocketing lately. Like, you know, exhaust kits that we sold a couple of years ago for, you know, 700 bucks is like $1,200 now for the, you know, and that's only over the span of really like six months, things have just yeah. gone through the roof and supply chain issues. And, uh, everybody's in the same boat. We deal with a ton of big, uh, big manufacturers that you've had here on the show and, uh, and everybody's in the same boat, just fighting to get parts right now. So. You had mentioned before the podcast, we were chatting a little bit and you had talked about a 22 uh, power stroke. And I was reminded of uh, a post that Edge did recently where they had dynoed three brand new trucks and the six, seven power stroke made a ton more power. And I'm sure you've got, you know, had all the new trucks in the shop. You've driven them, worked on them, everything. What, uh, what have you noticed with the new six, seven power stroke as it compares to the Duramax and the Cummins? Yeah, I, I picked one up about uh, three or four months ago. I really haven't driven it a whole lot, but I, I did put enough miles on it to uh, to get a feel for it. I've got a my daily's an eighteen power stroke uh, compound turbo. It's, it goes pretty good, and uh, getting into that twenty two, it's it's impressive. Like it's the ten speed transmission. It's kind of what I was chalking it up to. Is uh, wow, this thing is very peppy and feels feels very nice. And yeah, we drive everything through the shop. Um, the fifth gen Cummins and the brand new Duramaxes and they're all nice trucks. 
Uh, I've definitely had more seat time in the uh, in the Cummins and the Power Stroke than anything else, but it's it's very impressive how it goes. And, and we've got a we've got a dyno here, so we've been we've been very curious. We're going to pull it in in a day or two here and, and strap it down and see what it'll really do. Because I'm curious for my own for my own knowledge, just to know what it actually puts to the ground. Cause that's, that's pretty wild. If they're, you know, advertised at 450 or whatever they are, and then they're putting down that kind of numbers at the wheels. Yeah. We've, uh, we've done a bunch of, you know, dyno stuff for a brand new vehicle and, and added, you know, other products from, uh, from different manufacturers and just put on one piece at a time and seen what it actually puts down on the dyno. And it's a real fun, it's super fun to just, you know, don't even unstrap it. We just throw on an intake and see what it'll put put out and some real world numbers of what it's actually doing. So yeah, I'm super pumped. We're going to get that, uh, get that thing strapped down and see what it'll do. I'm, I'm curious. So. It's just, it's so crazy to see the, to see the power, you know, that they make it and just, I've always heard, I've never owned a six, seven power stroke, but anyone that I've talked to that has had one, they, they love the response on, on the trucks that had the six R140. They love it with the 10 speed. They talk about how well it tows and it's just really cool to see. It's kind of like the, the horsepower torque wars that, you know, have, have yeah. always kind of gone on on the gas side, but on the diesel side, and they're doing it with these emission systems, you know, that are on, which I think what edge did, they were all hundred percent stock. They weren't, didn't have anything on them and it's like 450 horse with the tires on a bone stock truck like you know you think back to the 12 valve days and you're like 180 crank 225 crank yeah. whatever it was yeah and, we were lucky to get 150 at the wheels yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah the industry has gone insane and, and i mean the emission systems are working like pretty good now we you know we, we do a lot of trucks just tune them emissions on and and have good success we're getting good power out of them and yeah to come out of the box with that kind of horsepower number it is wild, but getting back to the six, seven. Yeah. We, uh, we do a lot of power stroke work. We've always been known for power stroke shop six, Oh, six fours. You know, we built tons of motors in house here. Uh, six, four stuff obviously is, was, was very common. Trucks are kind of fading out now, but, um, yeah. And then the six, seven came out and, you know, we're, we do exhaust manifolds uh, on a ton of them. And that's like their biggest issue is, is you know, the turbo and the early ones and the manifolds. But other than that, they've been stout. I mean, I, I threw a, a fleece cheetah and a, a pusher compound kit on my 18 and it's just stock fuel, stock trans, and it just keeps taking it. I mean, can barely hit a thousand degrees EGTs when I'm towing and it's, you know, it's dynoed over, you know, around 600 horse at the wheels on a tow tune. So, and it just keeps taking it. We don't see them come in for repairs. Uh, the trannies are holding up, the engines are holding up, you know, you see the odd fluke thing, but overall, I know Ford really nailed it with that, uh, with that power plant for sure. I was never really a Ford guy. And I, I mean, I admit that, but the one, the one that really grabbed my attention and I still think it's the best visually appealing version is the 08 to tens. I don't know what it was about that body style, but I've always loved it. And then I, you know, I wasn't really excited about the 11 to 16s, but they, the, the styling on the 17s to current is just, when I look at it, I'm like, man, it just, it, it has the look. It just, yeah. and then, and then you combine it with, you know, the, the six, seven engine and, and just what Ford has been able to do with it and the transmission and then the response. And I see that thing from edge and you guys are going to do the dyno here shortly. And it's just like, man, it's really responsive. It's making good power. And I'm starting out at a higher, you know, horsepower and torque level than something else. It makes it really appealing to maybe, you know, switch brands and jump over. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are a nice truck. I'm with you. I wasn't like when the 11s came out, I was a six, four guy. Like that's where, you know, when we, when we started, it was all six fours. We built, we built multiple six, four, you know, 
you know, four digit number trucks. And uh, I've got a six, four drag truck that I just, I know I can never give up. I love, and I'm like stubborn. I know I should be putting a Cummins <laughs> in it and getting some real power out of it, but I'm like, no, nope, I'm going to run the six, four till it throws a rod out the block. And I'm going to run this five speed until it blows up again. Um, but yeah, with the 17s, I mean, the, they're just stylish looking trucks. They look, yeah. they look good. Uh, there's tons of good creature comforts in there. They drive nice. And you're right with the, the six, seven power plant and that, that 10 speed. I don't have a lot of seat time in the 10 speed. I've got some friends that, you know, tow all the time with that truck and the mileage they're getting out of those things from factories is wild. It's, I'm, I'm curious to see what comes down the road with some, you know, with some good tuning and, and some aftermarket turbos. I don't know. People are, uh, it's a little bit slower to get, you know, new products to the market nowadays for the the brand new trucks. I feel like it just takes more time than it used to, but maybe I'm just impatient, but it takes a while for the turbo kits to come out and the piping kits and stuff. So we can really see like, you know, I don't think there's much out there for the 20 and up um, aftermarket turbo side of things. And, you know, the piping kits will fit, but I want to get some different turbos on these trucks and see what they'll do. It's, it's slowly coming out, but. I'm curious to see where they'll go because the bottom ends are, are very stout. Trannies are holding up really good. So we'll see where it goes. People would really be surprised to know how many guys that race a Cummins truck to it there with a six, seven power stroke. It's, yeah. it's more, yeah. and it, it, what's so cool about it is it, it changed the whole conversation. You know, like you think of the seven threes and they're really reliable engines. They'll run forever, but you're not going to necessarily make a ton of power very easily. And the six Oh, you know, had its growing pains and lots of things that, that uh, needed to be addressed. And the six, four was great. I remember early days of tuning with those and I'm like, these things are hitting 550, 600 horse on a tune. And then we start to see, okay, maybe they have some engine issues, but the six, seven is just something where you get the power that you get the reliability. You have a great transmission behind it. You have awesome styling. You have all these different things. And I think that really helps. I think it's helped that side of it grow. I know Ford always outsells everybody, but as far as pulling other people in that may not have considered a Ford power stroke. It's definitely, definitely, uh, you know, help do that. And I'm always surprised when I ask somebody, Hey, well, what do you tow it with? And they're like, Oh, a six, seven power stroke a 2019 a 2020. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that a few times. A few Cummins drag trucks pull up with a, with a Ford tone. And it's, <laughs> it makes me, it's, you know, it's good camaraderie. It's good fun to make fun of that all the time. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, they, uh, they, they were starting, you know, they were going down a road where, they were getting into trouble with the six, four, you know, it seemed so great right off the bat. Like you said, like we'll tune this thing and all of a sudden we'll get close to 600 at the wheels. And then they started popping off and now they're just like, they're, they're all leaving the world with cracked pistons. <laughs> so it's not even a matter of if it's just a matter of when. And, uh, but they've, you know, they've earned that back with the six, seven and, you know, they had their own issues with the engines not being quite as, quite as stout, like a six, four bottom end is, is so strong. You just, you know, my, even my race truck has stock rods in it and it just takes a beating. You can't do that with a six, seven, but, um, with, with the right mods you can, but you know, that was the worry out of the hole was like, Oh God, the rods are going to bend compared to what we can do with the six, four. But, you know, they've proven themselves to be so reliable over the years. So it's, uh, it's cool to see. And we're still pretty early in 2022. What are some things you guys are, are planning on either for new parts or new things that you guys are going to be doing or that you'd like, you know, people out there to know to, you know, check out your website or check out social media and see, um, you know, like you mentioned the dyno, which we're definitely going to tune in and, and yeah. definitely want to see the results of that, but with parts or, or just things you guys are working on. Yeah. So we, we purchased this 22, um, F three fifty. We're going to, we're the only dealer for any level lift in Canada. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, but I, I'm, 
sure you've seen the odd one online go up and down. So we've done a, a handful of those trucks already. So we're going to build this truck with the any level and work with American force wheels on it and build a show truck, which is going to be pretty cool. I'm excited to, uh, excited to cruise that around. Uh, we're always coming up with some new products. Um, you know, we're really pushing, we're, we're trying to get a little bit into the, make a few wheels in our, in our new mill, which is exciting. Uh, it might be just some prototype stuff, but either way, I'm super excited for that. Uh, I think just to cut wheels in a, in a mill would be exciting. Um, and yeah, other than that, we're just going to keep coming to market with some, uh, some new designs of our own. Uh, you can check them out. Our website's dirtydieselcustoms.com. Uh, Instagram, Facebook's just Dirty Diesel Customs. Check it out. We're always, you know, posting up some some new stuff as it comes out. We've got lots of lots of swag and lots of merch. It's been really big for us too, which is fun. It's uh, fun to see all around town. And every time we go to an event, we see lots of our uh, our merch out there, which is super cool. Definitely have to let me know on the wheel side. I love wheels, and I love you mentioned American Force, and like I've always loved their designs. It's just I don't know what it is about them. I can't quite put. I can't quite put my finger on it, but there's so many choices for wheels out there <clears throat> and it's just like some of the designs just don't really grab me, but there's a lot of theirs that do. And I, I mean, I, I scroll through their website all the time. I'm not even in the market. I'm just looking at them. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I love wheels. I love big polished wheels. They just, they do it for me. And you're right. American force. And I feel like they were the one of the first ones and they just got this like lifestyle brand about them that, that they're the cool wheels and you go to SEMA and they've got the, huge booth and they've got the they've got the atmosphere and, the, and you're right they do have styles that just appeal to to, to me as well and i like their style of, of building wheels so yeah it's not like we're not we're not shooting to take them down or anything i just want to dabble in it for our own fun but yeah, uh, yeah they are they're a good manufacturer and uh, and fun to work with so now when you guys do the dyno with the uh with the ford power stroke you guys gonna post that up on um like instagram yeah. and facebook and stuff for sure, yeah. We'll post that up. We'll uh, we'll post the numbers. We'll see what it does. Uh, try to wrangle up a, a couple other ones, a twenty one or, or, or twenty two GM. I know we got a GM coming in here soon, so try to try to do them all. And it'd be fun to do the same kind of thing. I mean, I know Edge did a couple trucks, so I think they uh, they're proving it. But I'd love to see it on our end too and see what's cool. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be looking forward to uh, to seeing that. And I appreciate chatting with you today, learning yeah. more about what you guys are doing here, about how you guys grew and, and the changes that you guys had. And then also what you're providing for, you know, truck enthusiasts, diesel truck owners, whether they're, they're in Canada or in the U.S. And it's really cool to see and, and hear how you guys have grown and uh, how you guys are going to continue to grow in uh you know, working on trucks, designing parts, maybe doing some wheels and some other things. Right. So it's cool to chat with you today. Yeah, thanks for having us on. We've got uh, we've got a good sales staff. Uh, super picky who gets hired on for sales. So if, you know if anyone has questions about truck builds or wants to talk about truck builds, we've got lots of people answering the phones that you know spend all day just talking about trucks and what we can get for your horsepower goal or whatever. So. Don't forget, diesel fans, make sure and head on over to our Discord. You'll find the link down below for that. I want to see you guys over there, see your trucks, see what you guys are working on. There's so many cool things with P-pump conversions, lifting a truck, restoring one, doing an engine swap. You guys are working on some cool stuff out there. We appreciate everyone that's that's jumped on and how you guys have helped us grow that. also want to give a shout-out to a couple of our Patreon supporters, Texas Diesel Supply and Rights Diesel Services. We appreciate them and all of our supporters, whether you follow us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, 
I want to thank you guys for helping us hit 22,000 subscribers on YouTube. We never thought we would even get a thousand people uh, six years ago when we started the podcast. So it's great to see your guys' comments and feedback. And that's what we thrive on is hearing from you guys and being your guys' podcast and, and asking the questions and getting the guests on that you want. So we wanted to thank you for that. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.